Question Now is back and originating inside the Go Goat Sports Studio. We're at the Wall Center on Burrard Street. Lovely setup. I encourage you to check out Sakaris and Price uh, all the time, but this week, President's Week. You'll hear from owner Amar Doman on Friday of this week, but we're first and nowing it right now. Matt Baker alongside Nick Kowalski. Nick, how goes it? Doing very well. We're five and one. Uh, we got we kind of got a long weekend under our belts now too, which was nice to have a, a well, little time off. Well, some people in the office, like yourself, had a couple yeah. hours. A couple hours of work here and there. I'm a, I'm grinders like me. I was in the office Monday, man. You were on the gross in, grind. I thought I was on the gross yeah, grind on grinding. Saturday. Yeah. Yeah. Do I like the gross grind? I think I do, but. Say, so, yeah, some of us had a long weekend, but you you had a friend in town and you took him around, right? And you did some hiking and yourself. Yeah, the best and- hike I've been on so far on uh, on Monday afternoon, we did the St. Mark Summit in, uh, in Cypress Park there above West Vancouver. It was the, nice. The, the viewpoint at the top is un- unbelievable. I put a pic on my Instagram of it. It was it was an <laughs> awesome time up there. I've heard it's breathtaking, but yeah. no, no long, we- no long weekends for yours truly. In fact, um, Tyler Gammon, our football operations uh, associate, was talking to him at practice today, and we were saying, yeah, we'll never, guys like us, again, guys like us, we're not going to have a holiday for a Monday for a while, because Labor Day Monday is a day one ahead of going to Montreal for a Friday game. A Thanksgiving weekend is is similar, I think. But anyway, we're not here. We love it. It's why we work in football, because again, some of us have to work the odd weekend, have to work the odd statutory holiday, but... Yeah, we, we flew home in high spirits. Uh, Operation Orange, some great fans joining us on the plane. Uh, your old buddies with Dave Wardle by now. Um, Dave's a loyal podcast viewer. He says he watches the entire video. So, he, did, he did tell me that. Yeah, too. I have to watch my, my fidgeting and my checking my watch. I'm not going to do that because I know Dave's taking notes. But yeah, 5-1, and one, and uh, yeah, we can hit any angle to this game. The first quarter, I'm thinking, okay, here we go again. <laughs> Another big Western trip, a statement game, a tough environment. These are the games uh, we just can't seem to figure it out, but a couple things happen in that second quarter. A big safety, a tackle of Morrow there in the end zone, a big old boom Guachem sack to get the ball back before the half. Nathan punches one in, and it's game on, a 28 nothing run, 32-17, we talked about it. A crucial five-game stretch starts with a win, and hey, you get to six and one this week against Edmonton. Not going to be easy, and all of a sudden you're looking pretty good as far as you know being in a playoff position for the long haul. But um, very, very impressed with how this team grinded it out in Saskatchewan. Hundred percent, yeah. That that was a statement win in my books, and it was a very fun win too. I, I had a lot of fun filming that game. I know the players seemed to have a lot you of did. fun. There was a lot of smiling, a lot of antics going on the bench after uh, engaging with the crowd at Mosaic after uh, the the win was kind of sealed up, and that was really cool to see. But I mean. The defense really brought it, and that's kind of the story for me. I know Nathan was 27 of 33, another 300 yards, couple touchdowns too. Um, but the the defense, like they, like you said, they got off to a, a unideal start. Uh, Marcus Sales gets beat for a touchdown in the end zone, but then what does he do in the second quarter? He makes a tackle on that safety. Um, yeah, another unsung hero too. Josh Banks kind of blows that play up on the middle, forcing Morrow outside to make Marcus Sales yeah, big time get that tackle. And Marcus Sales had a couple nice tackles on Duke Williams too, so he's. He hasn't let any negatives go to his head. He's bounced back and played like the true veteran he is. He's someone that I think isn't getting enough credit for his his stellar play. Like we saw in Hamilton too. He was he was outstanding. Yeah, I. It seems like we've talked about every other starting defensive lineman except 
Josh, Josh Banks. Banks yeah. yeah, those interior guys, they're 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 people too, right? And yeah, uh very impressive. Again, both sides of the ball. Special teams, maybe you gotta get the return game going a little bit, but that's we're nitpicking. Um, you had a Moj fact for me. Oh yeah, so I was uh, after uh, we saw Moj on the plane there and right by us, and we were talking about how the defense really turned it up in the second half. And he says, "Yeah, after um, after Cody Fajardo's one yard uh, scramble or one yard dive up the middle to make it seventeen to four, the Riders had thirty five plays on offense from scrimmage and they got seventy three yards. So Ryan Phillips' unit totally wow. locked it down after that, giving up two yards a play. It's a Moj fact. There you yeah. go. That's an old." Uh, ad that used to run on our, our former radio home, a team slash TSN 1040. Yeah, and so then another hundred yards from Keon Hatcher, Dominic Grimes with a highlight reel one yard or one handing catch for a touchdown and diving in the end zone. Javon Katoy and the guys doing school in the end zone. It was, it was a fun win. Yeah. Lucky singing, um, West Virginia what, country, country road. Yeah. Was it, is that the name of the song? Yeah. The title take yeah. me. Yeah. Uh, thank you, Liam. Uh, Welcome to Liam Thompson, by the way, to our content team, uh, helping us film this podcast today, getting a first-hand look about uh, some of the greatness that we come up with on on a weekly basis. So Edmonton Elks coming in here, and the big storyline of the week, we're recording this on a Wednesday afternoon, one full day of practice to go. Brian Burnham is on track to return a full participant so far this week. Uh, how much we see him utilized is is kind of... You know, that's kind of up in the air because this receiving core has been outstanding without him. But career game number 99 for Mr. Burnham, he has not played since game two. He suffered that freak rib injury. Uh, Quite the chippy game there as a result. But good to see Burnham back. Uh, This is a guy who has worked his tail off to get back to this point. Very, yeah, and how, when uh, when we've been talking to him after practice too, he just, you can tell how happy he is to be back out there, and not even him, but how happy the guys are around yeah. uh, to have him back because he has been sticking around. He's been, he's been uh, whether it's been live tweeting from the Ottawa game or whether it's been <laughs> uh, on the sidelines being uh, Lucky Whitehead's number one fan on the sideline there. Um, yeah, it's, it's great he's to have He's been coaching Brian. a little bit. Yeah, that, uh, yeah. yeah the, the veteran he is. Yeah, it's great to have Brian back. And like you said, it's, it's, I'm really intrigued. Every week, uh, it's really Nathan Rourke's call about who gets, uh, who gets uh, the distribution on offense. And we've seen that Nathan can, uh, can go through his reads. I mean, that, that Dominique Rams play, he had, what, six seconds to get the ball off. And he even brought up that David Mackey was getting open for him. So yeah. there's, there's guys all over the field getting open. Well, that one, uh, the Rhymes touchdown last week, I was, I was kind of on the near sideline there and I'm thinking, okay, he had, he had Javon Katoy open kind of toward the flat. I'm thinking Javon's open, but no, he, he stuck through it. The footwork, he was patient, outstanding protection. And, that just kind of adds to the sort of the legend of, of Nathan Rourke so far this season is that if his first option, maybe his first read isn't open, he's still able to make things happen. And yeah, and great throw, great protection, outstanding one-handed yeah. catch, like you said. But yeah, Nathan put on a clinic with his feet too, like you mentioned. I know our uh, friend of the program, Marshall Ferguson, put out a little uh, video package on Twitter I saw about just highlights of Nathan making guys miss and extending plays with his feet and right. doing all that. And he, he was fantastic in that sense. And then I have to mention the Javon Katoy touchdown ball too, how close that ball was to hitting the goalpost. And right through. Yeah, yeah. and that, that, that takes practice to make that throw, and, and Nathan nailed it. Winning uh, makes for more fun on the plane, makes for more fun at the office, makes for, for some great content. Uh, your Roden 5 recap was outstanding. Head to bclions.com, uh, the all-access, everything. 
Good times overall. Lions and Elks Saturday. Legends night. Paul McCallum, Jovan Olafoye going into the Wall of Fame. That should be special. Backyard Block Party is back. 3 o'clock, 19 and over. We're shutting down Beattie and Robson, famous players band on the plaza. If you prefer to do your partying on the plaza, I know you're going to be heading to indulge. $5 beers, $5 margaritas. Okay. I'll have my camera out Don't there. Don't get too buzzed to before kickoff. Yes. <laughs> you know, I'm just I'll, kidding. I'll be, I'll be working, yes. Yes, you'll be working. We're always working, even on stat holidays, by the way. And, yeah, so if you're looking uh, for something to do Saturday, yes, um, inside should be fun. Outside, uh, it's going to be a repeat, uh, almost. No Biff Naked or no uh, One Republic this time, but the Backyard Block Party is back. Uh, kids tickets ten dollars seventeen and under. Accompanying parents for twenty five. Uh, find me a, a a better sports deal in town. So um, another win will go a long way in creating even more of a buzz as we get to the second half of August. But the Elks coming off the bye uh, very quickly uh, before we get Delvin Bro Senior on board. He's going to join us here on this episode, but we have a few minutes before he's going to connect. Elks had the bye. Uh, quickly around the league, kind of go in reverse order. Another Sunday game for the Toronto Argonauts, but uh, Caleb Evans and the Ottawa Red Blacks go into BMO Field and get the job done. Uh, this game got a little chippy at the end uh, with Winston McManus throwing, uh, whose shoe is it that he threw? Was it uh, Nate Bahar? Yeah, yeah, I believe yeah. it was Bahar, yeah. So I'm thinking, okay, like, what's going on here? I mean, Toronto needs to come back in the fourth quarter to try and win this thing, and, and you're taking stupid penalties, but... Hey, good for the Ottawa Red Blacks finally getting in the win column. Yeah, it was a trendy pick I saw for people taking Ottawa to get their first win, and they, they were right. But uh, yeah, Caleb Evans, he's, he's their guy now, right, in Ottawa? He has, has to, to be, be for yeah. the, at least the time being. Well, and, I mean, Mazzoli's not going to be ready for quite some time, but yeah. like <laughs> Moving forward with him, and they're not far out of a playoff spot right now. So No, and I, and I like what he can do. He can make plays with his feet. You saw him extending drives, getting points before the half, just like we did in Saskatchewan. Points before the half can really set you up nicely. And then, so you know, just when you, just when you think the Toronto Argos they might be the team in the East that runs away with it, all of a sudden, that's what you call a big swing game. Mm-hmm. Uh, now it's it's once again game on. Yeah, so. exactly. And I think we I think we can call Jalen Acklin officially a superstar receiver in the CFL. Totally. Yeah, him and Caleb Evans have uh, showed a good connection so far. And then on the flip side, something else I was really impressed by was the Red Blacks really held Andrew Harrison check. That front yeah. four, Arenzo Malden's having the, an unbelievable season for them up front and forced a fumble on Harris uh, in the third quarter. Another big turning point in that game, and Ottawa got it done. Saturday night, Winnipeg, uh, ho-hum, 8-0, go into Calgary. Again, you think maybe the Bombers are, are going to be handed one here, but um, I think the Calgary Stampeders learned firsthand you can't beat the Winnipeg Blue Bombers by just kicking field goals. What was it, four field goals they had to settle for yeah, in the first them, half alone? Yeah, hurt them a lot. Um, Zach Caleros, a little more lively than he was in Edmonton when he completed, what, just seven passes? So he went for, I think, over close to 400 yards. Or did he go over 400 yards? But four touchdown passes. Dalton shown another one of his favorite targets. So a good little balanced victory for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers to stay unbeaten. Dalton Schoen is running away with uh, with the most outstanding rookie award right now, too. Yep. Yeah, he's running away he with was that. A, but... Him and Kalaros were top performers for the month of July as yeah, well. Well, yeah. well deserved. We yeah. saw what they did here back a few weeks ago. Yeah, Schoen's a true threat at receiver. And then we also saw Nick Densky get back into the lineup, score two touchdowns. I mean, the fourth quarter, they go they oh, they blank Calgary on the scoreboard. Another big uh, part of that win, too. Brady Oliviera at over 100 on the ground. That's so yeah. They're just getting scarier and scarier in Winnipeg. They're they're really proving that they're 
I mean, they're undefeated for a reason now. There's really no, I mean, at the start, they didn't have the most impressive wins, but these these Calgary wins, very impressive. Yep, still very much going to be the measuring stick in this race to the top in the Western Division. Uh, We'll look ahead to the other games this week uh, after we speak with Delvin Bro, but we were in Regina Thursday night uh, out for dinner and, and a couple of Diet Pepsis. And I, I kind of drew the short straw. I was sitting with my back to the TV, so couldn't really take in the Tiger Cats and Alouettes game live. But um, Hamilton, again, trying to stake a claim that maybe they should be the team to beat in the Eastern Division. They're going to play Toronto four times here in the next five weeks, I think. That's, love it. Yeah, you, I don't know. It's like a, it's like a Spread hockey, it out. It's like a hockey playoff series. I love it. It's like the Canadian division of the NHL is what it is. And I didn't like that either, but I understood why they had to do it. So... But like seriously, spread those games out. It's gonna get nasty though. Play I'm one at the end of the year. That. Maybe first place is on the line at the end of the year. I, I know this, making the schedules hard. Uh, props to Trevor Hardy and everybody at the CFL office. Not an easy job, but spread them out. I say, spread them out. Easier said than done. Anyway, the Tiger Cats got it done against Montreal. A little bit of controversy at the end with Trevor Harris having to come out after taking that hit, and as a result, uh, they don't get the job done. But uh, the Tiger Cats taking advantage, well, they, they end up taking advantage at the end of the week with Toronto losing. Uh, they get their elusive second win of the season. Yeah, Stephen Dunbar is another guy in my mind who's uh, entering borderline superstar territory at receiver. He's uh, scored another touchdown off a little screen, and he's been Hamilton's offense so far this season too with their kind of two-quarterback system that they're implementing now with Dane Evans and Very. Matthew Schiltz. But um, that game did get interesting at the late. It was pretty physical late too, and... Uh, yeah, the the tie cats uh, held on. They they got Carl Brooks back in their secondary too. He had an outstanding game. So yeah, they've I been mean, dealing with some injuries. I saw. Yeah, Simone Lawrence is now off the six game injured list. So maybe they're they're getting healthy at the right time as mm-hmm. we approach Labor Day. Still, a f- the Labor Day games few weeks away. We're talking about it. So yeah, for those of us who are working on uh, Labor Day Monday, yeah, I'll stop giving you a hard time. Uh, it's okay. You, you deserved uh, you deserve some time. You're mm-hmm. you're doing some great work, and we're very lucky to have you. I, I don't I don't mean that lightly. Well, I'll be watching a lot of football that weekend. Yes, Nick Kowalski, one of the top videographers in professional football. Yes, you heard it here right first. Uh, one of the top guys in professional football in terms of just you know saying hey, how's it going? Having a good conversation with Delvin Bro Senior, slated to join us on First and Now. And it is our great pleasure now on First and Now to welcome in a veteran of 54 CFL games, uh, five of those with the BC Lions, previously with the Hamilton Tiger Cats, a member of the New Orleans Saints, uh, in between stints with Hamilton as well, Lions defensive back Delvin Bro Sr. joining us here on the podcast. Delvin, sir, great to be with you. Hey, thank you guys for having me. I appreciate it. Yes, I uh, was on our list for a while to get you on uh, the horn, and, and you're in here uh, ahead of a game against the Edmonton Elks, a couple practice days under our belt. But uh, take it back. Uh, you and I were talking a bit on the sidelines in Saskatchewan about how we're almost in a way kind of happy with how that game started because we're going to figure out what kind of team we are. So what did you learn about your team, our team here, uh, after that big comeback win? You know um, that we're very resilient uh, despite being down, no matter what, we uh, we fought and fought and fought, and um, not just individually, but as a team. And um, you can feel that energy 
um, as, as we're heading into the locker room. And um, I, I just knew, like, from that moment, once me and you talked, I was like, man, we're going to win this game. Like, I knew it. It clicked in my mind. I'm like, man, we're going to win this game because we're the more, we're the more poised team. Um, we're the most team that's making the fewest mistakes right now, like, re regardless of the score. Um, that happens, right? But I just knew it. I just knew it. I'm like, man, going into halftime, we're this close. I'm like, oh, my God, man. I, I, I think we're going we're, we're gonna to pull this victory off. And, and we did, man. So just the resilience that we all play with, um, man, it, it's like no other. I mean, you, you can't uh, you can't underestimate the importance of the defensive line. A boom, Guachim gets the big sack to snuff out a drive and get the ball back. And the Nathan touchdown really is what helps set it all in motion too, right? I mean, uh, it's complimentary football at its best. Absolutely. Absolutely. When you have us playing in all three phases, uh, of the game, man, it's, it's, it's going to be hard to beat us. Bring in uh, Nick Kowalski here in just a moment to ask uh, a couple of his questions. But um, we've talked a lot about the potent offense. I mean, Brian Burnham goes down. The, uh, the receiving core doesn't miss a beat. This week he's back. But practicing against that group every day, Delvin, just how much does that make you guys better as a defensive unit? You know what? Going against well, first of all, um, I'm, I'm I'm happy and glad that we're getting burned back. You know, um, so hell yeah! Prayers to, to to God and and his recovery process. I know he's been busting his butt to um, to to get back on the field. And um, you missed a lot, burn. We can't wait, man. We we glad you're back, man. So <laughs> uh, just wanted to say that. But going against that him and in, in that group every day is uh, uh, we're not just getting better, but we're making them better as well. Um, those guys are running crisp routes. They're catching the ball, whether it's contested or not. Um, and the quarterback's just making it hard for us to cover these guys in practice, which is a good thing um, because we know when they go against guys in, 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 in a game, the other opponents, they're going to be dominant as, as well. And then we also get our lick back too, right? You know, we have some great games, uh, uh, not games, excuse me, practices against our offense to where, it's like, man, our defense is dominant. Our secondary is, is locking down. So anybody we go against uh, on game day is going to be trouble. So we compete against each other, and, and that's what it's about. You know, um, once we bring the best out of each other, then, man, nobody can mess with us. And so, Delvin, you're, you're somebody with uh, a lot of experience playing professional football. You had some fantastic years in Hamilton, played in the NFL a couple of seasons. But – um, this season has been a big change in the CFL, and I asked RP about this last week, and I, I want a player's perspective now, but um, the hash mark change. Um, from your perspective, where we're seven games in now, um, almost hitting Labor Day, but uh, from your perspective, um, can you just talk about what that change has, has uh, done to the, to the game this season? Um, you know what? I, I, I didn't really find it as a big change. I don't, I don't, I mean, football is football to me. You know, you can move the hash marks all the way to one side of the field and tell us mm -hmm. that that's going to be the hash marks. I don't care. You know, as long as they have a football on that field, let's line it up and play. You know what I'm saying? I, I mean, we have to adjust. Life is about adjusting, right? So you just have to adjust. I, I, I mean, I don't see no difference. I, I love it, actually. Um, you know, the way RP has us playing right and left. You know, I, I think that's how it should be. It's like a balance now um, as far as the hash marks. If that's what I would say, it's like a balance to where, you know, we don't have to run to the hash, uh, the boundary hash. or You don't have to run all the way to the field. We can just play right and left as a balance and we can we can still play ball. 
So um, I, I don't mind it. I don't care. It's, it's football at the end of the day. And, um, man, we're getting the job done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've had a high interest in how uh, RP has put you guys just to on a left and right spot instead of that boundary field. But I mean, you you've joined this year. You joined a unit that's been here for a couple of years with Gary Peters, uh, TJ Lee, Marcus Sales. You know, established veterans. Uh, uh, how welcoming has that group been uh, for you? Man, yeah, man, I love those guys. And this is uh, probably one of the most <laughs> one of the most craziest character uh, accountable. Um, smart, um, intelligent room. Um, I, and I'm going to say all that because that's what we have in that room with those guys. You know, we, we, we have a lot of experience. We have guys who, uh, who've played multiple games, who understand the game uh, through ins and outs. So we have guys from the top to the bottom in the DB room. And, 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 and I love it, man. It's been welcoming. Um, they've been opening with open arms by calling me the OG. So, you know, I, I take that role very uh, seriously. I don't take it for granted. Uh, I, I love it, man, because I can, you know, I get to guide those guys. You know, I get to I, I, I get to be that um, that that supervision, you know, making sure everything is, is to the T whenever game day comes. Right. Making sure that game day communication is where it needs to be. Making sure these guys be uh, lined up, hold these guys accountable for anything. So. Um, it's been very welcoming. I appreciate those guys. I love those guys. And, um, man, as you can see by the way we play, you can tell we love each other, man. So it's uh, it, it's definitely uh, definitely a, a great group, and I'm, I'm glad to be here. Mm-hmm. And we'll get into your backstory in a bit here. But, um, I mean, we got what I, I count you as an SEC defensive back. I think that, that makes three mm-hmm. of you in the, in the starting backfield that have played uh, or been on SEC scholarships. With you, Gary, and um, uh, and Quincy Moje in Georgia too, right? So have yeah. you ever been part of a professional backfield that had uh, all that uh, SEC talent on it? Yeah, and uh, Luchez Perifor, you know, he was at Florida. He started, he played for Florida Gators. There you go, years. yeah. So man, we right. have a, <laughs> man, we have some dogs, man. You know, we have we 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 have all across the board, man. So it's pretty dope. Yeah, Nick uh, mentioned that uh, your backstory. Um, you know, big reason you didn't play college was because of you've chronicled it to your serious neck injury, uh, unbroken, uh, your, yep. your book, very, very solid read and lots of, um, lots of eye opening topics in there, but take us back to that time, Delvin, where you suffered the injury and, and kind of what was going through your mind. I mean, it, it was obvious you never thought you were going to play football again at some point. Right. I mean, just, just take our listeners back uh, for some that might not know about it. Uh, you know what? It was October 27, 2006. Uh, it was two days after my 17th birthday. Um, you know, it was uh, it was crazy times. Um, yeah, I was in my senior year. I was committed to playing for LSU, um, the LSU. Um, yep. So, uh, man, 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 it get tough telling this story, man, just because it's it's, 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 it's it's like I'm not supposed to be here, but I'm here. Um, but we was coming out of kickoff. Uh, at halftime and I was on kickoff and um, my coach was like, man, somebody has to make a play. Somebody has to make a play. And I'm, you know, I could just see myself like, man, that's going to be me. I'm going to make that play. Like in the back of my mind, like I'm going to make this play. They, uh, I wasn't supposed to be on kickoff um, that week. Cause all week in practice, they didn't have me on kickoff team. And, you know, I, I wasn't practicing on kickoff team or whatnot, but the week prior to that, I was on kickoff cause they had a great returner. So all we can practice on there, then come game time, you know, coach like, hey, we need one more. We need one more. 
And I'm sitting on the sideline. They're like, bro, come on. You're supposed to be in there. And I'm like, no, I'm not. I wasn't on there all week in practice. So he's like, come on, bro. Just come. I say, all right, you know what? Coach said he needed a play being made, so I'm going to be that guy. So that was me. So I got out. Uh, I was on the left-hand side of the field. I shot out of there like a cannon. Like, man, I, you know, I thought I was Usain Bolt, man. I, I was just gone. I was the first one down on the field. And uh, the guy, Peyton Jason, the returner, he was running on an angle. And, I like, I dove in. I didn't dive with my head down. Um, my head was up, but like the crown of my helmet, um, it's like simultaneously connected with his knee. As his knee lifted, the crown of my helmet like hit it was simultaneously. And next thing you know, my neck jacked back and everything was dark. Like uh, everything just went dark. Um, like my body wasn't moving anything. I could just hear my teammates like, D bro, D bro, come on, get up. We need you. We need you. And I'm like, I, I would, you know, if I can move, but I can't move, you know, I, I can't move. And those words was just like drowning out, you know, as if I'm just going under. Um, and then within a few seconds, I just seen a bright white light. Like it was something I can't explain. You know, um, I would say that uh, Morgan Freeman and Jim Carrey. And I want to say it was in uh, Bruce Almighty uh, when it was in the room and they made the room go all white. That's what I saw. You know, I was just looking around this room like I can I, I, I myself was just looking around the room, you know, just like, man, what's going on? What's going on? Like, where am I? And uh, within a few seconds, coach came with a smelling salt. I woke up. He was like, hey, you OK? I said, yeah. He was like, all right, well, let's go get up. So mm-hmm. next thing you know, I got up on my own two feet, you know, and I walked off the field. You know, I took my helmet off and everything, walked off the field, not knowing my neck was broken. Um, back in high school, you had to uh, back in the day, you had to. Uh, take two or three plays to sit out um, before you get back in the game. So on the second play, I was jumping up and down. The first play, I was jumping up and down. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm about to get back in. I didn't feel anything. I didn't feel any pain, anything. And then the second time, when I, when the second play came, I'm jumping up again. I'm like, oh, yeah, it's about to be time to get back in. That's when I felt this excruciating pain, like like a, like a sharp pain just shot up the, my back. And I was like, oh, 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 something ain't right. So I turned around and immediately I saw my dad, like, it was no panic or anything. Like I just was calm, cool, and collective. Went to my dad. I said, "Dad, something back here is bothering me." And he was like, "What? Well, where?" I was like, "Back here." So they put some ice, uh, an ice bag on my neck. Doc came over and they tried to give me ibuprofen. So I put the ibuprofen in, and I couldn't swallow the ibuprofen because my disc slipped in my esophagus from the from the injury. And mind you, that we didn't know what was going on. So I'm just, you know, I'm sitting on the sideline, I'm coughing up these pills, and then next thing you know. Man, I just feel this, this this excruciating sharp pain, like something just stabbed me like right down my back. I'm like, Dad, get the ambulance. Something is wrong. Get the ambulance. Something is wrong. Man, they got the ambulance. Uh, they put me on the gurney and they uh, took me to the hospital. And so your your road to recovery. Uh, I mean, I, I've heard you tell the story before, and it it's just it it, it just gets <laughs> it's chilling all the time, right? But um, I mean, and sorry to have you relive it, but your road to recovery, what was that like? Was there ever any time where you're like, this, this isn't worth it or take us through that process? Um, you know what? Um, I, I didn't have any doubts that football was going to be out of the question. Cause once I uh, was getting discharged from the hospital, I asked my doctor who fixed my neck, my guardian angel. I asked him, I said, is football out of the question for me? Like is football over with. He, he, as he was walking out the door, he was like, send him Super Bowl tickets when I make it to the Super Bowl. 
And mm-hmm. that moment, that's all I needed. That's all the motivation, the determination, anything, inspiration. That's all I needed right there. Because he didn't say football was adequate. He says, bring him Super Bowl tickets when I make it to the Super Bowl. So it's like, wow, maybe it's not out of the question. Maybe if I continue to keep working hard, then, you know, I can make it. My dad was standing right next to me. He said, all right, son, don't worry about football right now. But in order for you, in order for you to be at the top, you have to outwork everybody. And I mean, that's everybody. And it took me seven years to get back to playing football again. I didn't play college football. You know, I was playing flag football, working and stuff. But it took me six or seven years to finally get back medically clear to play football. And I made it all the way. And then you're you're not just someone who made it back, but you, you made it back all the way to the NFL. And I'll call a spade a spade here. We have a lot of CFL players who go to the NFL and they have a cup of coffee and they come back. But you were someone who started from day one. Had a terrific first season with the New Orleans Saints, but um, just uh, can you what what, what can you say about those times with uh, with New Orleans? Uh, you know what, I'm I'm appreciative. You know, I'm very appreciative. I'm very thankful for the staff. I'm very thankful for the coaches, uh, my teammates. You know, I'm still in touch with some of those guys. So, um, you know, everything was awesome. You know, um, from my rookie year coming in, how everything uh, played itself out. You know, I just you know I just let God take over my journey, and 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 um and and He made it. He, he made it to where I was successful, um, even getting cut um, on, on Twitter. You know, it, it was a, it was still successful because I had an opportunity that um, a lot of people w- wouldn't have, you know, wouldn't have made it this far. You know, I, I got to do something. I got to live and do something that a lot of people, you know, who wasn't hurt didn't get a chance to. But the ones who were hurt or gotten hurt to to stop their careers, I was one to make it to inspire them to keep going. You know what I'm saying? So I'm just thankful, man. It was awesome. Um, I'm glad to be back in the CFL. I'm glad I had got the call back to the CFL because I knew that was my call. I knew Canada was it. I love Canada. The game is beautiful. The game is fun. Um, then we only have like four and a half hour days. So oh, I love it, man. So I, <laughs> I actually just looked at it as as an adjustment, um, you know, because I know God is definitely going to bless me one day. Your story back to or your story to the BC Lions is quite interesting too. I mean, you didn't play last season. Um, uh, announced a retirement, I believe, uh, between 2019 and to today, and then um, signed with the BC Lions in in 2022 and in free agency there. And even Coach Rick Campbell has said that it was it was a surprise to him that um, uh, they were able to get a player at your level out here. But um, how did that process all come about? Uh, you know what, man, I, I was I was enjoying the retirement process with my son, you know, building our brand, um, you know, doing my um, uh, publishing my book and everything. Um, you know, that was that was awesome. I was enjoying it. But I, I felt like I was missing something. You know, I like I would watch the CFL games uh, in, in 2021 and just be like, yo, I'm calling out routes. I'm like, man, he's about to run a dig, you know, out, out, out is come. You know, I was and I'm like, man, I still feel like I can. I can play mentally wise, uh, physically. I was still in shape. I was still running the hill. I was still getting massages and stuff. And I was just like, God, if you're trying to tell me something, then let me know. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you telling me that football is still in play, like show me. And, 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 um, you know, 2021, I just got more intensified in my workouts. Like everything was just pointing towards man, going back to play football. And I was like, Hmm. Maybe I, you know, I can give it another go. I, plus, I still had another year on my deal because of COVID. Yeah, I was like, you know what? I still feel bad that I didn't finish off that last year on my deal, and that's like, that's not me to not finish anything, right? So I just asked God to show me a football for me. He showed me, and 
I did not know beautiful Vancouver, British Columbia. I did not know it was going to be this team. It is so beautiful out here. I'm so thankful. I'm enjoying this journey. And uh, I, I couldn't be more proud uh, uh, of where I'm at in my life. And and I'm thankful for Coach Rick, Neil, and them for taking a chance on me. And, and like I said, I've been giving it my all, and I'm going to continue to keep doing that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're you're definitely enjoying Vancouver from what I what I see on social media and also what I hear about you. But um, I'm, I want to give you a plug to promote your social media because you're someone who I enjoy following. Whether it's um your uh your trips out to different cities and what you're posting about and where you're going or oh, yeah. the new pro- the new products you're trying uh, all on your Instagram and all of that. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. so um, how do you how do you uh, how much of a joy is uh, social media to you? Um, what well, doing this job, um, well, to me, it's not a job. It's, it's, this is fun for me. So just doing this activity, you know, I, 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 I look at social media as, as the perfect, for perfect thing for it. I mean, you know, people want to know what we're doing in our everyday life. Yeah. My family's back home in the States. They don't get to see me every day. They don't get to see what I do. You know, they don't get to see the locker room. They don't get to see the cannabis dispensaries. They don't get to see the bookstores. They don't get to see all that. So me out here is is giving them something to look forward to so they can come out here. They're going to want to come out here. They're going to want to visit, right? So, you know, it's just enjoyment, you know, um, and being able to socialize with the fans on social media. I'm meeting new Vancouver fans, Surrey fans, and, and it's been amazing. Um, just, just understanding the city, understanding what's it like growing up here. Like it's, I think it's awesome. You know, I love social media for that aspect. And, um, I think that's brilliant. Well said, uh, before we let you go, we'll have you for a couple more minutes, uh, Mr. Bro. Uh, we were talking in a previous conversation about various seasonings you like, uh, with your, your cooking. You played for the New Orleans Saints. You grew up in the state of Louisiana, so. And hey, I seen Moj giving you some of his famous jambalaya before one of our games. So it's it's safe to say you're a big Cajun food guy, right? Yes, absolutely. I love my Cajun. I gotta have my Cajuns. <laughs> what uh, you gotta get other than Moj's jambalaya? Do you have a favorite dish you like to cook? Uh yes. So I'm uh, I, I finally critiqued it by gumbo, um, and I finally critiqued it my red beans and rice. So. Uh, I'm gonna have to bring, uh, get my mama to send up a care package for me, so I can, um, so I can make that for the squad or make that for some of the guys. Probably my DBs. I probably just make it for my DBs and let those guys try some of that New Orleans Southern style red beans dish. I say include us guys in that. I, I love, <laughs> I love the doing. I've told you this before. New Orleans is my favorite city, uh, even though I made the mistake of. Um, drinking more than one hurricane my first night there that's uh, another you can ask moj about that story speaking of him, but uh you're true new orleans yes indeed gotta delvin, take uh, yeah delvin before we uh before you get go or we we let you go here um i, I want to ask this because i know you're going to give a good answer and uh, i don't want to rub salt in the wound but how hungry are you to win a great cup very hungry very hungry that's one of the. That's another one of the reasons why I decided to come out um, of retirement because it's something I'm chasing and uh, I'm very hungry for it. So whatever I have to do to get it, I'm, I'm all in. We can't wait. Uh, we certainly have a, a caliber of team that can accomplish something very special. A lot of work to be done, but I can tell you um, the buzz in the city. A lot of my friends are are telling me, Delvin, that they're having more fun than they'd ever had uh, watching this team. So oh, wow. all, the, 
all the more reason uh, to keep the run going. Listen, sir, uh, always appreciate it. Uh, we love talking with you, and we'll uh, let's go get that win against the Elks. Yes, sir. Thank you guys so much. Y'all have a good one. Appreciate it, Devin. Right. Defensive back Delvin Bro Sr., you get the sense he's due to to get a takeaway. He was close. I think it was against Hamilton. Was he close? A couple balls have came just yeah. out of his grasp, yeah. Great conversation. Uh, not easy subject matter, and, and we encourage you to check out his book, Unbroken, with his last name as the broken spelling. So um, not... Not hard to find. Uh, so some eye-opening life experiences in there, which we did not get to the mall. It's give a disclaimer. It is quite telling some of the stories he has, but it, it's it's molded him into the player and and the man he is today, Delvin Bro Senior. And uh, yeah, it was nice to see him help the defense prevail there against Hamilton two weeks ago as well. I know it was special for him to face his former. Tiger Cat friends. Yeah. I know another thing he put on social media actually after last Friday was uh, after the win against Saskatchewan, he said that he has now beaten every CFL team. Ah, nice little nugget. Mm -hmm. Love it. Mm -hmm. Week nine in the Canadian Football League gets going Thursday. Uh, the 8 0 Blue Bombers going into Montreal. Um, we, 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 we declaring another Winnipeg victory here. What's what's your spidey senses? Yeah, I'm, I'm taking Winnipeg. They got they got Jackson Jeffcoat back. Uh, whenever uh, whenever whenever Willie and Jackson Jeffcoat are on the ends there in Winnipeg, it's it's going to be a tough night for the uh, opposing offense. First of back to back meetings between those two mm -hmm. clubs. But we were talking well, about so. this. Those those Montreal Winnipeg games played at at uh Molson Stadium there. They, weird. They, they're they're wacky. They're Very high scoring weird. and they're wacky. You remember the the Chris Trevler game uh where Winnipeg got like a 28 point lead and then Vernon Adams uh hit uh Jake Weineke on a last second touchdown last to last play of the game. Yeah, yeah. erase it and yeah, there's been some weird stuff going on in, in those games. I remember there's a there's a double overtime game when Darian Durant was there. I remember that. That's right. Was, yeah, yes. weird, weird stuff going on uh yeah. with Winnipeg and Montreal. Back-to-back -back meetings, those two. Mm -hmm. uh, week nine in week nine at Molson Stadium. Next week they'll be back at IG Field. So, uh, I don't know. I don't know. Winnipeg's going to lose a game they're not expected to at some point. I don't know if that's this week, but the home game against Munch the home game they have would be interesting. I know last year I, I don't know where William Stanback is at, but I remember last year Montreal came into Winnipeg with Trevor Harris and William Stanback, and they gave them a good was a close good run. Yeah, yeah. They didn't lose at IG Field last year, did they? Or did they drop one? I mean, did they drop? Uh, they they did drop them. I suppose we can look this up later. And, and no, they did not. That, they did but, not. They did not. And so, I can't confirm. Yeah. So <laughs> they're gonna they're gonna drop they're, they're they're gonna drop a game here in short order. But I, until they give us reason to doubt them, uh, you, you might as well take them in your weekly picks. Winnipeg, exactly. Montreal, Thursday. Yeah. Um, another East versus West situation. Uh, Calgary bouncing back, trying to bounce back. Uh, they're four and two, two points behind your BC Lions in the West Division. Calgary in Ottawa, the Red Blacks. We've asked this about a few Eastern teams on the podcast this year. Not yet the Red Blacks because they just got that first win, but can Ottawa build off that first victory? I say they can. Yeah, I'm with you there. I, I'm imp I've been impressed by Ottawa. I've, I've been singing their praises. Um, I was a little skeptical going into the season about all their additions and how they were going to mold, but. Uh, like I've said this before, the second or the second after we played them in Ottawa, I, I was sold on on the Red Blacks. And right. I think that uh, now that they got a win, the win in the in the standings, and I think they can move forward with Caleb Evans. And it's going to be no easy task. I mean, or task. I mean, uh, but Levi Mitchell's looked very strong for Calgary this season, and I think um, I think both offenses are going to find some success in that game. But 
I mean, the home field should uh, should help Ottawa out big time. You made a great point on a recent episode that the offense struggled last year league-wide. Scoring was down. Point it had to be a COVID thing. COVID thing. But another thing, and we've seen it firsthand here with our team, teams last year that had first-year head coaches with those teams, Paul Lapalise in Ottawa, Rick Campbell here with the Lions, I think you're seeing the effect that having a year under the belt now, yeah. they couldn't prepare for 2021 in quite the same way that they would have. Everything was virtual. Players were spread out in meetings. There was no season, of course, in 2020, so the coaching staff was just preparing amongst themselves when they didn't have access to players. So Paul Lapalise with Caleb Evans, they've been together for over a year now. They're having to start him with Mazzoli out. I think maybe you're going to see mm-hmm. the effect of that. They're going to be more beneficial now that they've had this time together. So, yeah, again, anytime an East team can beat a West team, you sign up for that. Ottawa, Calgary, Friday. Uh, first half of the doubleheader Saturday. We're the last one of the week. No Sundays this week. It's going to feel weird. But uh, Toronto-Hamilton, yeah, four of the next five weeks, I think, they're they're locking horns. Um, not a fan of that, but makes the Labor Day meeting less special in my mind. Yeah, but I, I, I hey, there, yeah. that's uh, very intrigued. Uh, Toronto, let's see if Ryan Dinwiddie uh, and his guys can get their heads back on straight after some of those late game shenanigans cost them against the Red Blacks. Um, I'm tempted to go Hamilton here all the way, but I am too. It's at, it's at Tim Hortons, right? I believe so. Yeah, yeah. I'll take I'll take Hamilton at home then. If it's not at Tim Hortons, it'll be at Tim Hortons the next week they play. So. I'm calling. I'm not. I'm not. Uh, this isn't a hot take, but I think it's going to be a very physical, very uh, very nasty game, and I think Hamilton's going to come out on top. I mean. They got Cargill Brooks back, like we mentioned in the secondary, but T- Tunde Adelike has just been crushing guys all Special season player. long. Yeah, yeah, he is. You got to keep your head up when uh, you're going over the middle against Hamilton this season, and, and I think they're really going to bring it against uh, their in-province rival. So we will be trying to catch bits and pieces of that one uh, on the scoreboard or in, in the locker rooms. Um, I'm very excited for... I have the honor of uh, hosting a Q&A session uh, with... Jovan Olafoye and Paul McCallum are two Wall nice. of Fame inductees in pregame. So, yeah, special night, Wall of Fame inductions. We're going to have a halftime performance from some vintage Lions yeah. cheerleaders of, of years past. That's going to be cool. Yeah, stay tuned for a Stephen Chang article on them too, Yes, yeah. Stephen Chang, yes, at bclions.com. Uh, he was very excited to get that assignment this week, uh, doing a bit of a write-up on on some of the alumni dance team members. Uh, backyard block party, Beatty and Robson, 3 o'clock, 19 and over. Those on the plaza, again, food specials, $5 beers, $5 margaritas. Uh, make sure to subscribe if you're not already. Rate and review this podcast. Thank you for tuning in on your favorite platform. We're on Twitter at First and Now. I'm at BakesTakes84. He is at Nick underscore Kowalski. No C in Nick, N-I-K. N-I-K underscore Kowalski. Correct. Best videographer in Canada. Is that what we said? Or, or was it pro football? <laughs> He's up there. I'm, I mean... We got to pump our own tires here. I'm not so. saying nothing. <laughs> uh, special thanks to Trevor Martins hitting switches and conducting things there in the booth, as Matt Sakaris would normally say. And uh, Liam Thompson helping out on the video side. Welcome, Liam. Uh, we're going to get a win against his old Elks team. We, we hired him away from Edmonton. I don't think we have to give up any draft pick compensation, but... We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. First and now, BC Lions. Duck.